the, the video, the, the, the high-tech uh, teaching method in a uh, primary Sunday school class or a young kid Sunday school class when I was a kid was the uh, highly beloved flannel graph. Anybody remember a flannel graph? Yeah, yeah. It was a flannel graph, right? You know, and they had the, they had the big, you know, it was like a big sheet of, you know, a cardboard kind of thing with the flannel fabric on it. And then whatever the story was, the little characters were cut out of flannel, other colors of flannel, right? And they, they stuck on. I don't, know, I don't know how, but they did, you know. Friction, I guess, or something, right? Maybe it was like the, before Velcro, you know, sort of like worked like that. <laughs> anyway, when, when I was looking at this, because today we're going to talk about David and Goliath. And I just remember that's one of the, I don't have many pictures in my head anymore about flannel graph Sunday school classes, but, but I always remember the one of the great big Goliath and this little David, you know, kind of standing down. And, and I mean, you know, I think it was all exaggerated a bit, but I just remember David and Goliath. So anyway, today uh, we, we don't have a flannel graph, but, but what we have, <laughs> fortunately, but what we have is the word of God. And uh, I think that's going to do just fine. So today what we're going to talk about, though, is fighting giants. We're going to talk about fighting giants. And, you know, throughout the Bible, isn't it interesting how we've seen this so many times? God, he, he's been calling and appointing and developing people that he could trust to carry out his plans on earth for, for, for forever, right? And last week we saw... Uh, as Pastor Cindy talked about uh, David and, and his uh, selection, you know, when God appointed him, highlighted him uh, to be uh, to be anointed to be king, uh, that what God uses, though, is a selection criteria that's different from the world's. You know, we, we saw last week in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, when Pastor Cindy was uh, teaching this, we talked about that while man looks at outward appearance, God looks on the heart. As a result, God chose David, and he anointed him to be this future king. But, but now, but first, got to have the preparation and training. Because what's interesting to me, right, is you think about it. The world looks around. I mean, most of us at our jobs, right, as you've worked over your life, the world looks around and says, who's most qualified? And then promotes them. But God looks around, and he says, whose heart is most willing to obey me, to hear my voice, to do the things that I put in their heart to do? Who's most willing to do that? And then he prepares them. And as a result, there's a lot of people that God calls that that the world, we'd look around and go, that one? Him? Her? Because but at the time God calls them, they're not ready. They're just willing. So, so we've, we've got to see that, that, that God does things in a very different way. And so today as we read this, what for many of us would be a very familiar account of David and Goliath, let's, let's look at it and let's see what God would talk to us in terms of facing the giants that we can face in our own lives. Okay? So today we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, First, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you've got your Bible along, feel please, I welcome you to invite you to turn to it. Otherwise, <laughs> the passages will be on the screen. Now, 
there's 50 verses in chapter 17. So, uh, so that you'll get to lunch before all the food's gone. I'm not going to read all 50 verses, okay? But I'm, but I'm going to read uh, probably half of them or so. So what we're going to do is first we're going to read verses 1 through 16. Then I'm going to read verses 20 to 27 and then 31 to 50. Okay? So let's read. Uh, we'll look at this together. So uh, 1 Samuel 17 starting uh, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their force, forces for war and assembled at Soka in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephesus uh, between Soka and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled, camped in the valley of Elah, and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill, the Israelites another, with a valley in between. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was, his height was six cubits and a span, and his bronze helmet on his head uh, and he wore a, a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His she- uh, shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of God? Choose a man and have him come down to me. (laughs) If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of God. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now, (laughs) Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The first was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. (coughs) Now, down to verse 20. Early in the morning, David left the flock in care of a shepherd and loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed him. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they are. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion for the, uh, from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all fled him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him, He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And they repeated to him what they had been saying, and they told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now down to verse 31. What David said was overheard, And reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. 
David said to Saul, let no one lose account. No, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off one from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic, put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around uh, because he was not used to them. And then David said, I can't go in these, he said to Saul. I'm not used to these. And so he took them off. And then he took off the sword and then he took uh, his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And this Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. <laughs> Just a quick review. Goliath, by the, by the measurements gave, that translates to about nine feet, nine inches tall. The guy was a big guy. His armor weighed 125 pounds. Now, can you imagine? And the point of his spear weighed 15 pounds. So this is a big guy with big armor. For 40 days, Goliath's been coming out every day, and he's been taunting the Israelite army to send out a champion to come and fight him. Because Now, armies of that day basically had three types of, of warriors. Okay? They had infantrymen, they had cavalry, and they had these guys, these slingers. Guys with the, with the slingshots. Goliath was an infantryman. Now, you, we read that he said, send out a champion, send out someone. Well, that was how battle was done back in those days. It was, it was a very common battle tactic. Then rather than sending 
hundreds or thousands of guys face to face and 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 really one group losing a lot of soldiers because remember the whole idea was you wanted to capture them and turn them into to slaves or workers for you so they really weren't looking to kill a lot of people they just wanted to capture a lot of people and so th- this fighting method kind of became very common back then which was one side would bring forth a champion someone who represented the whole army and then someone from the other side was supposed to send out a, a similar champion. And those two fought, and it was winner take all. It was winner take all. So this is, this is what was, was the tradition, that, they, that these two champions would meet one-on-one, hand-to-hand combat, close quarter, with winner take all. So that's why Goliath had on all the armor. He was an infant, infantryman. So he was, his, his training and his tradition was to be the hand-to-hand combat guy, right? That's what the infantry did. So, while, so this, is, this is what he was expecting. Now, then we see that while the army's deployed, Jesse is sending David, his, the youngest son, back and forth to check on the three oldest boys that he's got off fighting with Saul. And so David arrives at the front lines, just about this time, it said that day, when Goliath comes out and he shouts his daily insults towards the, you know, towards the army of Israel, okay? But, uh, but, what, uh, but, but each time he does it, this amazes me, right? This is the army of God, but each time Goliath comes out and shouts his insults, the soldiers, it says, all retreat in fear. But when David hears it, David doesn't retreat in fear, does he? What, what he does, instead, David's indignant. He's indignant at it. In verse 26, it said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? But then his brothers question his motives for even coming. And they say, what are you, you know, you're just trying to, you know, make trouble here. And in fact, they even said, you know, you know who, who did you leave the sheep with? You know, they're, they're, so his brothers don't encourage him. In fact, they try to discourage him and, and get him to, you know, to go back home. And then David, they tell Saul. And what does Saul do? Saul says, you can't face this guy. You're too young. But David tells Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine because I'll go fight him. You know, it's just another example of Saul like we, that verse says about man, man looks on the outward appearance. Of course, Saul looked at David and said, you're, you're too little, you're too young, you're not a soldier, you can't possibly do this. Because Saul knows by looking over there at Goliath that this guy's been a, a soldier all his life since he was a youth. It's interesting, though. Remember, David hasn't been trained as an infantryman. David has grown up with a slingshot. And so where, where I think Saul sees an enemy too big to fight, I think David sees him as an enemy too big to miss. <laughs> you know? Okay, I think, I think he sees him as an enemy too big to miss. And so in verse 36, he says, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, this uncircumcised Philistine is just going to be like one of them. Because, because, but, but remember why, 
Why is he so indignant? It's because he says, because he's defied the armies of the living God. David is not offended like, like the soldiers were terrified. David's offense is on behalf of his God. He's going to give, you can't talk about the armies of God this way. You're, you're being disrespectful to those. And so David wants to go do it uh, to God's honor and glory. So Saul eventually relents, and he says, go. And he says, the Lord be with you. So Saul, now he wants to help. Okay? So Saul offers up his armor to David, his sword, and he puts them on him. And, I mean, it's almost got to be kind of a comical picture in your mind, right? The flannel graph didn't show that. But, but think about it. I mean, because we know Saul was a big guy, too. I mean, we know back from when Saul was, was picked out and anointed to be king, one of the reasons that they, they, they give for him is was he was a head taller than everybody else. And so, I mean, he wasn't a giant like, like Goliath. But, but Saul's a big man physically. And, and we don't know exactly David's age and nowhere are we given his, you know, dimensions. But he's a younger man. And, and it doesn't any say anywhere that David was of, like, unique height or anything. And so, I mean, what you've kind of got is, a, is a, like a fullback, you know, okay, with his armor, you know, uh, to, you know to a tight end, <laughs> you know, or a wide receiver, right? You know what I mean? So he got a big guy and a, and a smaller size guy. And so they're trying to put all this armor to him, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. And besides, David has never been trained to wear armor. David hasn't been trained to fight. God has not been preparing him for this that way. So what does he do? David goes to the stream. He selects five smooth stones, put them in his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he goes to approach Goliath. Now, what are we supposed to learn from there so far? One of the things we need to learn is that, you know, there are things that other people have as part of their calling that aren't for us, like Saul and his armor. I mean, that was what he, Saul was called as a warrior. He was, a, he was that, so he had armor, okay? But, but some of those things that are for other people aren't for us. And so, you know, it, it, it doesn't work when you try and put on someone else's calling. David couldn't go fight in Saul's armor because that wasn't the armor that God had for David. So we don't want to try in our own lives to wear other people's armor. We don't want to try and jump into other people's callings because they're not going to fit. They're, they're not for us. Look, when we want to seek God for our own. God has got a calling on each of our lives, and for that calling is a unique preparation and unique tools and gifts to accomplish it. And so part of our, our calling, part of what God is wanting to train us to do is, is to allow him to equip and train us uniquely for that calling. David had been uniquely trained by God to fight Goliath. So the Holy Spirit led David to go against Goliath, not as Saul in his armor, but as David with his slink and a stone empowered by God, by the Holy Spirit. So now, Story continued, right? And Goliath now keeps moving towards David. And when Goliath saw that David was this handsome young guy and he wasn't this chiseled, ragged old, you know, infantry guy, 
you know, battled, hardened, you know, over time. He despised him. And he, and he even asked if, you know, they thought he was a dog, that they would, like, send this, you know, kid with sticks, you know, to get him, okay? But David, David tells Goliath, I mean, and for a lot of people, that would scare him away right there, right, to see this big guy wanting to come at him. But for David, he just says, you know what? He yells out, he says, you come in against me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Wow. How many times do we face stuff in our lives and we see the giant that we're facing, whatever that giant is, right, that impossible, that impossible challenge, that, that unsurmountable issue, okay? And if we're not careful, we can get scared away and cause and, and back down and back away. Remember, all those, those experienced soldiers, the whole army of Israel every day, all that happened is, is Goliath walks out, barks out his insults, and it said they all fled in terror. I guess including Saul. I mean, think of, let's think about, let's remember who all didn't offer to go fight Goliath. Even the leader. And remember, Israel wanted a leader because they said, oh, because our leader, you know, will lead us out into battle. Well, apparently the leader was, you know, right back there with everybody else, right? Look, because the motivation, <laughs> think about it. This Saul offered up money, his daughter, and no taxes, I mean, today, you know, you're saying to a, to a kid, I'll make you rich, I'll give you a beautiful wife, and you'll owe no taxes. I think you could probably find a lot of guys who would say, I'll, you know, let's at least think about this, right? Let's, let's at least consider it, okay? Apparently, nobody was willing to go fight. But, but now, why? Why? They all looked at Goliath, and they saw a, a challenge, a problem that was bigger, apparently, than they thought the reward was worth. And there can be times in our lives that we can say, you know what, there's a challenge here, but man, if I go, if I, if I stand my ground on this, if I, if I take a stand, I could lose something here. I could lose a friend. I could lose a relationship. I might lose my job. I might, I mean, you know, we, we, we are very cautious because we, we're, we're, ba- we're balancing here. But David, David looked at this and he says, look, I'm not fighting for this other stuff. Okay? You're offending my God. You're, you're shouting insults about my God. So Goliath moves closer for the attack. David runs quickly towards him, takes that stone from uh, the bag, puts it in the sling, sends it flying towards Goliath. And man, you know, don't you know that that stone was guided and empowered and I would suggest accelerated even more by the power of the Holy Spirit? Hits Goliath in the only spot on his body not covered by armor. There was one little... He had a helmet... He had breastplate. He, it says he had this, the greaves on his legs. There was, out of this big target, 
there was one little bullseye right here where, where there was nothing guarding it. And from however far away that was, he was able to swing a stone. Man, I mean, I can't throw a ball and hit that sign back there. No, I mean, you know, I mean, think about most of us, right? But, but he had the training, he had the preparation, but he also had the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Look, there's a, there's a willingness to go do it. There's a willingness to stand up and fight that preparation can give us. There's a, there's a, there's a preparation of tools and training and heart and faith. But an awful lot of times in our lives, the actual execution of the deal, when we step out, the success is from the Lord. Someone had to be willing to go out and fight. Someone had to be willing to take a stand. But, but victory came from the Lord by the power of that. So it says Goliath fell over dead. Okay, end of story, right? Yay, God. That's really awesome. The little guy wins. Okay? And 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 all and I mean and then you know the story goes on. If you read it all right, you know, the Philistines start running, Israelites chase them, the big battle, Israel wins. Okay. But what about us? What are some of the giants that we do face in our lives? What are some of the giants we face? What do you think? Sickness, health, health issues are a giant we face in our lives. Status quo is a giant, right? It takes some inertia to move things off of the way they are. What are, what are other giants? <laughs> yeah, relationship problems. <laughs> I'm sorry? Jobs. I mean, we, can everybody agree that jobs can be a giant in your life? Yeah. Finding one, sometimes keeping one. Right? Sometimes surviving one. No, you know, right? I mean, if you've worked very many, anybody that did not at that hasn't worked very many years. <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm telling you, jobs can be huge. Family, kids, you know, and, and I mean, and I'm not just talking about little preschoolers, I'm talking about adult children. Right? No, you know what I mean? It, 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 it doesn't go away with, it just changes. Right? It just changes. Finances. I mean, as you get older, how am I going to afford to retire? How are we going to pay for this? What about our health? Look, there's giants all through life. Right? When you're five years old, it's the playground bully. Right? But those don't go away. They just grow up and stay bullies. But our challenges change. Some of our challenges are spiritual. Some of our challenges is is. I can, I can know what this says, but am I going to actually believe it and actually, you know, put my foot in the river while the water's still flooded? Am I going to step out of the boat just because I'm called out? I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there can be fear is a giant. So, how do we face these giants in our lives? What do we do? Because we're, we're, we're all going to be faced with them from time to time, right? So what do we do? Well, first thing for facing these giants in our lives, we've got to follow what God puts on our heart. And that, that could sound simple, but that is a big deal. Because 
God can put things on our hearts, and no matter how big or impossible it sounds to you, but sometimes more importantly, how impossible it could sound to people around you, okay, we need to do it. And and there's a side note to this, okay? Uh, I just want to encourage you, when God puts something on your heart to do, Before you share that with others, pray and ask God if it's time to share it. Not everything God puts on your heart is really ready to be shared. Because he wants to put it a little deeper, work on it in you, but he also may be wanting to prepare the hearts of those people. A lot of things I think we can get scared out of doing just out of telling people things that they really weren't supposed to hear yet. And they can discourage us. They can create fear. They can tell us, you can't, Saul, you can't do that. You're just a boy. Well, remember, Saul didn't know David had been anointed to be king. All Saul could see was, your, yeah, he was. He was just a young boy. But, but if God's anointed him to be king, what, what God is doing is putting David on this path of development, this path of training, this path of preparation, so that he will be ready at the right time. So do you see what I mean? It's important. Timing is important that we tell what things God has put on our heart when they're ready to be shared with others because we don't want to let those other people sidetrack us. David's brothers tried to sidetrack him. They tried to humiliate him and get him to go back home. Why did you leave those sheep? Saul said he was too young and experienced. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anybody despise your youth. Rather, be an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Also got to hold true to our calling. When God puts something in your heart, you need to hold true to it. You need to stick with it. Look, what we got to remember is other people have different callings. Some of their callings may be more public. Some may be more private. One's not better than the other. They're just different. But whatever God has put on your heart, you need to stay true to it and follow it and not someone else's. And the other thing about following God puts on your heart we need to do is we need to use the tools that God gives us, not someone else's. David couldn't do what he was called to do when he tried to put on Saul's armor because it didn't fit. It wasn't his armor. It wasn't for him. That was Saul's. Uh, God had given him the tools of a sling and a stone. And why that's important to really understand is God may give you tools that don't look like much to someone else. Okay? If, you know, if, if someone, you know, if, if someone came and shared their, my, God's told me to do something, well, if, if, if you tell me, oh, God has told me to go, you know, start a, a missions effort over here, you know, in this other country. Okay, and I'd say, well, that's wonderful. Tell me, how are you going to pay for it? Well, maybe God hadn't given you that part yet. Do you see what I mean? Or, or he's told you to take the, you know, the, 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 the little boy's offering, you know, the, the five, you know, loaves and two fishes, and he's going to multiply it. But at that moment, those few loaves and fishes don't look like enough. Do you understand? But, if I, but the little boy had to be willing to give it for it to be multiplied. Okay, so look, what we've got to understand is if when we share things outside of God's timing and, and people see the tools we have, those tools often at the moment we share it aren't enough. But God's not done with them yet but because he's still pre- pain, uh, preparing and training us. But 
we can't let, don't, you know, don't worry about how, what other people think about the tools God has given you. Because even if they don't look like much to them, when they're God's tools for you, they're the right tools. And they're going to work when God actually releases you into the activity. So that's the first thing. You've got to follow what God puts on your heart. Second thing is you've got to go forward in his name and strength. <laughs> Look, some of your first steps forward are going to include training and development. That's what, that's what David needed. David was anointed king a pretty long time before he was actually anointed, you know, before he was crowned, right, before he took the job. There, was, there were these years to get ready. And what we don't want to do is try and shortcut that our training time or, or certainly despise it. But we want to allow God to develop us. It's one other thing. And I just want to, this to me, I, I think this happens more than maybe we realize, okay? Um, so God may call you to do something and you look at it and go, oh, he's calling me. Let, I'm going to use something simple to make a story about, okay? Uh, if it's a job. Let's say you feel like God is leading you to this job over here. And, and, and you go, oh, okay, I'll bet he's preparing me for that because, you know, old, old Joe's going to retire here in a few years. You know what I mean? Or I know Joe's got health problems. Or, you know, there, there's this thing, right? And, and so you kind of think, okay, I, okay, I get that. I, I kind of understand why, why God is doing this, okay? I just want to, maybe that's what it is. But I just want to encourage you, there are times when God can put your, on your heart something to do when you are not going to be a direct replacement for the one you follow. God, sometimes what God is calling us to do is to fight a different kind of battle. Maybe he wants to change the shape of the battle by putting someone in who fights differently. Goliath was expecting someone just like him. Another infantryman who'd walk out with a whole, with 100 pounds of armor and a bit. No, do you understand? Goliath was expecting someone like him. That would have been quite a battle. Two titans covered in, no, do you see what I mean? That would have been a very different battle. We don't know. But that wasn't the battle God was creating. But what we do know is this, is that David was prepared as a slinger. David changed the shape of battle. He came at the enemy from a different way with different tools, different background. And I just want to create an opportunity in your heart to allow God to show you that maybe he wants to use you to change the way the battle's being fought in your situation. Saul thought David was going to go try and fight him the traditional way. But, you know, God, uh, God had given David eyes to see weakness where the rest of the Israelite army saw strength. Maybe that's what God's wanting to do to you, is give you a different kind of vision, a different kind of plan, and a different path forward. Like I said earlier, too, David went forward to fight Goliath with a different motivation than anybody else. None of the rest of that army, including David's three older brothers, were willing to go fight Goliath for the money, the girl, and the no taxes. Nobody was willing to do it, and yet and, and remember, this had been going on for over 40 days. I mean, the, the, everybody had had a lot of chances. This was, we're not going to do it, and they really locked it in. They're not going to do it. 
But David was willing to confront Goliath, not because he wanted the king's reward, but because he wanted to honor his God. He wanted to bring praise and glory and honor to God. David gave God credit for saving him from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion, and he just believed that this enemy would be no different. When Have you ever noticed in your life, and I know in mine too, when God... When God gives you opportunities to stand for him and you've had some experiences and you stand for him, I mean, doesn't it give you confidence? I mean, we have, I've got some things in my life that I look back on and I've seen God's faithfulness. I, I, I know he's been faithful and sometimes I forget. But when I remember and I go, yeah, well, why can't I stand for him again? I mean, God's never, God's never failed me. God's never let me down. So I'm going to stand firm today as well. I'm going to trust God. And that's what David could do. That's what he could do. So finally, we want to trust God with the outcome. Sometimes God's going to lead us to do stuff that's just going to seem impossible in the natural. It's going to seem impossible to everyone around us. But we can trust him when we follow his direction. Things that can seem big and very overpowering to us are not that way to God. In Luke 137, we all know it says, for nothing is impossible with God. God has done some things in my life, and I'll bet you could name some too, that if you look back at it, there is no logical answer. I mean, they, the, God solved a problem where you just go, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. He brought people, moved people, changed people, brought resources, gave ideas at moments and ways that you, you would never guess, you would never expect. And, and if you were writing a script to a play, you'd never write it that way because your, your mind wouldn't be big enough to dream it up. And yet he does. And that's what he can do for us because nothing's impossible for God. So... David just learned that when he did things, uh, you know, when he did what God showed him to do, no matter how things looked to other people or even himself, he could trust God's outcome because he could trust the God that he knew from his own experience and his own faith. And so can you and I. Look, here's the deal for all of us. This story is a wonderful story, right? I mean, whether it's on a flannel graph or we see it in our minds, I mean, the idea of David and Goliath, everybody loves the idea that the little guy can beat the big, the big giant. But you and I face exactly those same things in our lives every day. We've already said it, whether it's health or finances, jobs, relationships, family. I mean, it's, it's all there. What I want to encourage all of us to do, to understand and know is this, is that I think most of us, if we, you know, are honest, we would all say we're just normal people, just ordinary people, nothing, you know, we're not champions or, you know, something, you know, major warriors. But isn't it amazing how seemingly ordinary people, just like you and me, can confront the giants of life of any kind. Relocation, difficult work situations, sickness, job loss, family, finances. When God calls us, he equips us. And he goes with us. And he takes the words that come out of our mouth and he empowers them. 
And those words can speak life. They can speak change. Remember, God sometimes wants to use you to change the shape of the battle. Maybe up till then, all the words that have been spoken into that situation have been fighting words, words of rejection, words of war. Maybe what he's wanting is someone to speak peace. Maybe he's wanting people to speak words of wisdom. Not every battle that God may call you to may be like literally a physical battle. In fact, most of them aren't, are they? You know? Most of them are fought in our spirits. They're fought, they're fought in our flesh. They're fought with us deciding, will we, are we going to be build up or are we going to tear down? But God may be preparing you to change the shape of the battle and do things in a new way, just like he used David when he fought Goliath. Would you guys stand with me as we close? <coughs> Let's just bow our heads, close our eyes, just real quick. Look, uh, nobody, nobody looking around, okay? Nobody looking around. If, if you're facing stuff today that you would say, I've, I've got a giant in my life, just, just slip up your hand. Just, if, you, if you'd say, yep, I've got at least one giant in my life right now. Okay, okay, you can put your hands down. Because uh, I can just tell you, that's every, I think every hand went up, okay? Okay, right now, Let's just decide, let's just agree that what we're going to do is we go forward. We want to go forward in God's name and in his power. If we need some more training or preparation before it to be able to deal with it, that if God will bring it, we will allow it. We'll be patient and allow him to finish his work in us. So that when we, he sends us out, what he says now, and it's time to go and actually face that giant, that we're going out in his name and with his power. Lord, today, <coughs> Lord, today, we, just, we give you the situations, Lord. You've seen our raised hands. You know the giants we're facing. And Lord, we believe Lord, that you have a plan for each of us to equip us, to train us, to guide us, Lord, to face those giants, Lord, in ways that bring honor and glory to you. So, Lord, today we, we lay those giants down, God. We just place them all at the foot of the cross of Jesus. And we pray, Father, that you would grant us your wisdom, your peace, and your power to go forth in Jesus' name. In your precious and holy name we pray.